A hundred years ago, the dark wizard Hollowell raised an army and tried to conquer the world. He was stopped by an unlikely hero, Sheriff Asip Stormwood. As Hollowell died, he prophesied that he would be reborn twice more and rise again. Stormwood looked him in the eye and said if Hollowell did, his descendants would strike him down. Sheriff Asip Stormwood went on to form Stormwood and Associates to make sure they'd be ready for Hollowell's returns. A private detective, security, and federally licensed magic users agency. 25 years ago, Hollowell returned for the first time, and a Stormwood made good on Asip's promise. But the third coming of Hollowell may not be so far in the future. But the young Raz Stormwood just might know it's coming, and she plans to be ready. Previously on Stormwood and Associates. So, so much has happened. Okay, so the Stormwood team was initially hired by a guy named Marshall Figgins to recover a stolen classic Mustang convertible that uh, his boss owned. Uh, his boss, by the way, turns out to be uh, a Mr. Prudence, co-owner of Proofpip Technologies. If you remember the first arc, he was the kind of the jerk, not the one actually part of the secret society. So, you know, not the, the eviler one. Anyways, it turns out that the car was stolen by a group of car thieves, which include uh, NK's ex-girlfriend and NK's ex-girlfriend's brother, Turk, and also a third guy named Walker. And it turns out the only reason they stole that car was because Damien Cole of Coltec put them up to it by kidnapping one of uh, Juan, who was a member of their crew. So the Stormwood team, teaming up with the car thieves, decided to break into the Coltec headquarters to both rescue Juan and recover the convertible. It's exciting. The can the building is this gigantic five-story building with that is a mile in diameter that uh, it's a big uh, it's a hexagon but the central hallways are all circular and there are a bunch of ramps going between levels and uh, also there's some unspeakable horrors on the fourth floor but that's you know less important at the moment because the team drove all the way through in three cars drove through this building made it to the fifth floor have recovered one and have recovered the mustang in the sense that babbitt and bill are in it and are trying to drive out of here and now now they're trying to get out of this building and this building is an impossible structure in many ways one of which is that it's partially held up by magic oh yeah and there's something spooky about the mustang there are these two uh stones embedded in the dashboard that are kind of ooky spooky and uh that's but they haven't figured out why they know like they bill thinks he knows what it is but he can't remember exactly what so yeah that's that's where we are wow that was a really long recap So all three cars are now driving down the through the circle with uh, so Bill and Babbitt are at the lead. Um, NK is not far behind, followed by Michelle, and then followed by Turk's car. Um, all right, Babbitt, you're leading the way out. How are you going to try to yep. get out? There are so you can see that there are ramps that could lead down to lower levels, but they haven't been deployed yet. Yep. 
Um, and then you know the way to the freight elevator, but you also know that that they know that you know about the freight elevator. Yeah. So either way, I'm, either way I go, I'm I'm on the way to the freight elevator. But okay, so I see NK uh, uh, coming up behind me. All right, how do we get these these uh, ramps down? You yelling that over? Uh, yep. All right. You hear Turk laugh over the comms. Braz, Turk turns to you and says, Hold the wheel. I hold the wheel. He pulls oh, out. this is encouraging. Braz pulls out his Palm Pilot wired through a rat's nest of cables to a Nokia phone. Connected to, like, it looks like a Raspberry Pi with a Wi-Fi card. And he starts pulling up stuff. And he breaks into... Uh, it looks like the environmental controls for some reason and overrides the heat to trigger um, a fire alarm, which causes all the ramps to release and deploy as a technological solution. Does that work, everybody? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, I could have had NK do that, but it's way more fun to have to do have Turk do it the dumb way. <laughs> we got a way out now. All the ramps to the lower level have been deployed. If there's a problem, they can solve it. If you need to find someone, they can do it. Stormwood and Associates is a detective, security, and federally licensed magic users agency. If you need help, they'll be there. But don't get in their way. Or else, you'll get caught in the eye of the storm. I take the first ramp I see. All right. <laughs> so you descend to the fourth level. The fourth level, as you remember, the central hallway was normal, but all the rooms were kind of filled with magical darkness. As you are driving down this, down the ramp, you hear a alarm sound and all of the glass walls drop. Oh, this is encouraging. Oh. And magical darkness starts to fill the hallway. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. We can cope. You're in a convertible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So roll me a d10. 
eight. All right, so you lucky son of a bitch. Um, as you drive down the the you you feel like something pretty much like slide by your head. Um, that you don't see, but it it misses you. It's you can hear their their wings flapping. Your headlights are illuminating some of the darkness in front of you, just not a lot. All right, so it's going to bring us to the next car. As So after that, um, some um, NK's behind you. So NK's car has to roll. NK's car is thankfully not a convertible, so I don't have to worry about direct damage to the inhabitants. But, ooh, lucky roll. So her car gets hit by something but keeps going without taking any damage. Following that is Michelle's car. And Michelle's car is going to get hit and not take any damage. So the super cruises through and like these things are just like smacking the roofs. And then let's see Turk's car. Ha! Turk's car, it, it's just really dark. So you don't notice anything. <laughs> Other than the obvious darkness, because these things missed the car. Because he got lucky. Um, we're back to Babbitt. I'm assuming you're going to try to take the next ramp down. Uh, yeah, I try, try to find it, make sure that I can see it, yeah. All right, so the good news is that as you go down to the next ramp, there is no magical darkness following you. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, man. A little less of that. All right, and uh, Bill... Roll me a d10. Oh, boy. No, this is not a bad thing. I just want to see if you realize something. Nine. All right. I'm going to remind you of something, Bill. Okay. Um, how many sweet move points do you have left? Um, I've used two spells so far. So you have five? Yeah. So you know that this building is being held up with magical pillars. Mm-hmm. Don't like where this is going. You have Dispel in your spell book, don't you? Yes, I do. Just remember. Okie dokie. <laughs> um, all right. So I can work with that. NK is going to exit onto the third floor, as will Michelle and Turk. Um... So right now, uh, you, you're driving by some wreckage from previous battles that you had on your way up. Um, and so, uh, you are you going to take the next ramp down to the second floor? Yes. All right, you do. All right, that's fine. Um, everyone else is going to follow to the second floor. Um, Second floor still seems like uneventful. Like you were racing down, racing down, racing down. Um, Babbitt, I'm assuming you're gonna take the first exit to the first floor. You see? Mm-hmm. All right. So 
there are so right now let's see if anyone's at the ramp you land on all right nobody's at the ramp you exit on but you can hear people in the distance so you know that security there there are security guards on this level um now you're gonna have to make a choice how do you want to leave are you gonna leave through the parking garage or are you gonna try to go out the front door knowing that there are those cement barriers that you know that you disabled them for a while, but you don't know if you disabled them permanently. Ooh, um, I'll go to the front door. Okay. Okay. So you still have a little ways to get there to, to get to the front door. Um, Bill, you are passing magical pillars. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want it to come crashing down on the rest of the team. Okay, so I'm going to say this. You know that based on that, that roll you did before, that nine before. Uh-huh. You know that if you disable one pillar, it's not going to take the building down. Gotcha. If you just if you disable like four pillars though, it will one hundred percent take the building down. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna get. I, I take it I can get like one or two down a turn. How you, many can I take down? You can take down one at a time. Okay, I'm gonna take one down then. Yeah, you are right now because of the the, the route you've had to take through the building. You're still at the the far end of the building from the front doors that Bill is that Babbitt's driving you to, Bill. Okay. All right. I am going to I'm going to dispel one of the pillars. All right. One of the pillars goes down. <laughs> All right. Everyone else is behind you, Babbitt, so if you haven't encountered something, they're not going to. Um, what you do start driving towards as you come around the corner is uh, four security guards on foot. Okay. Um, right through them. Are you in, in the Mustang? We have... Um... Uh, a, a crew of experienced uh, uh, mechanics. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, this they are spread out enough where you can only take out like maybe two at a time. That's you know what? Let's bring the thing back intact, right? It Old will be. So they don't know. It was, so the guy's boss never knows it was stolen. Yes. Okay. Uh, you're doing it. It's your choice, man. Um, so are you just going to try to do it as an attack or as a sweet move? Just as an attack. All right. So that's a melee attack. So roll me uh, 1d10 plus your uh, melee plus your level. Nine. Yeah, you hit him. Uh, so now you get a roll damage. 1d10 plus your melee. Ten. All right, you splatter this guy. 
parts of him are in the grill of this car now. No. And uh, roll me a d10. Three. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bill, you are, uh, as you approach these guys, you're approaching another pillar. Do you want to attack one of them or do you want to uh, cast on the pillar? I'm going to dispel another pillar. All right. So behind them are NK and Juan. NK is just going to... Oh, wait. No, actually, this guy gets to go. What am I talking about? Aha! Helps if I actually let the fodder guys who showed up go. He's going to take a shot at NK's car. Going to miss. The other guy's going to take a shot at NK's car. He's going to miss. All right. Well, that's lucky. Um, up behind that is Michelle and Walker, and they're just going to drive because they can't get hit by these guys. Um, and so uh, Turk and Raz, you are pulling through, and there are three security guards and a pair of shoes on the ground with a bloody streak. Raz, you're up. Yeah. They will have a chance to attack the challenger as you pass, so that's just to let you know. Um, how close are they to each other? They're spread out. They're smart enough not to stand next to each other. one of them and I'm gonna open my door and brace it to hit him as an attacker sweet move is that sweet enough to be a sweet move I mean it could be it's I'll let you do it either way I mean as an attack there's a chance you could just destroy this guy with this as a melee attack It's, I mean, the real question is, do you want a guaranteed splatter or a chance at splatter? I mean, I've got seven sweet moves, and I've <laughs> used them all, so yeah. why not? All right. Does everybody vote that that works? I vote that that does work. Sure. Yeah, and you're a high enough level that even... I don't even care what your melee skill is, because you're targeting just... Like, this tar can only target one guy but it guarantees his death, so we're not going to bother having you rolling anything because you're level three. And, well, he only has three damage points. Yep. All right, so he's gone. Now, uh, Turk, well, because we used his maneuvering to help you with your kill, um, he's just going to keep driving, and the other two guys are going to take shots at his car. 
One of them's gonna hit. And the card's gonna take a point of damage. Challenger's at three damage. Challenger gets hit again, Challenger's disabled. All right. Bill, you are... Bill and Babbitt, you are driving, and Bill, you can target another pillar right now if you want. I am going to target another pillar. That's three. Mm -hmm. So only one more pillar and this building comes down. Um, Babbitt, are you going to let any of the other cars catch up to you? Yeah. All right. So I'll say, yeah, it's then, um, if you're willing to do that, then once NK slows down, then then we'll wait. We'll get all four cars in a group, especially, you know, especially if, if Bill's doing what he's doing. Oh, yeah. As you knock out that third pillar, you can hear kind of crunching. As you can see, some of the glass is starting to buckle a little bit. Like, like it's not like the building's coming down, but like it's low. It's lowering a few inches. So you hear glass breaking and see glass breaking. And with that, um, here's the good news. Um, you hear kind of screaming and uh, I don't think you have to worry about any more security guards coming after you because um, as you approach the front of the building, you can pretty much just see all the security guards are running out of the building. They're, they're running away. Um, with four cars grouped together, um, Bill, uh, Bill, you're going to hit the last pillar as you guys hit, hit towards the exit? Yeah. Am I technically out of uh, sweet move points at that point? Or? Well, yeah, I thought you said you had five remaining when you started disabling. So. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I got so you have two left. You have two left, and you only need to use one more to dispel the last pillar. Alrighty. Let's do this. This is what you get for shooting me and threatening my friends. Alright, so here's the real thing. We are heading towards these um, barriers that are built to come up if someone was charging a car at the building. We are four cars heading at them. Babbitt, your car is in the lead. I need you to roll me a d10. Nine. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to roll a d10 for everybody else now. Alright. So. The, the Golf and the Mustang are driving side by side with the Supra because it's you could do like three cars wide, but four cars wide is not really, you know, workable. Um, so you're going two cars wide. So the the Mustang and the Golf are in front, and the uh, the Challenger and the uh, Supra are behind them. As you go over the barriers, the Supra lags behind slightly, and as you go over them, the Mustang and the Golf clear them completely. The Challenger, as it passes over them, 
They spike up, bouncing up the rear end slightly, but the car is still drivable as it passes away, and the Supra smashes into these cement barriers that have just erupted from the ground headfirst. And I've got to roll what about to happen to um, <laughs> Michelle and Walker. Well, okay, so the car takes the damage. Technically, actually, these are main characters. All right, so the car is just totaled. Airbags deploy. But because in the rules, there's nothing that says the occupants are supposed to take damage in this situation. Just the car's disabled. Because this is an action movie. Um, Michelle and Walker pull themselves out of the destroyed Supra and are now running on foot. NK is going to, because she's got a four-door vehicle, hit the brakes and allow them to climb into her car. And so, yeah, you, you, you dispelled the last pillar on your way out there, right, Bill? Yes. All right. So here's the fun. As they get into the golf, as, uh, as Michelle um, climbs into the front seat and Walker into the back seat with Juan, as Jeez. they start driving off away from the building, abandoning the, the, the totaled Supra, the building starts to lean to the left and forward. Sounds of crashing glass as this giant... I mean, this building is shaped like a giant nut because it's like it's a hexagon with like a circular courtyard in the middle. And then just like with this larger front section. It starts to lean to the left and forward as four levels come crashing down. Um, <laughs> mystical explosions of energy are erupting. Darkness is billowing out like smoke of the fourth floor. And as the four cars drive off, um, with NK's Golf now in the rear, the building comes down, narrowly avoiding the rear of her car. As darkness erupts into the sky from the building, um almost like briefly blotting out the moon and you hear the screams of the beasts that were held there fly into the night as you are, are like this this building that was set in the mountains outside of the city just comes crashing down in thunderous crackling glass and mystical energy as you guys drive away So, you know, yep. you know, sometimes I feel bad about this sort of thing, but he was a super murdery uh, business dude. I mean, and, he, was, uh, he was a jerk. He's a member of the Order of Greyhaven. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just saying, even if he wasn't a member, I really wouldn't feel that bad. All right. Bill? You're yeah. In the, you're in the the passenger seat of the Mustang, right? Uh-huh. All right. Um, roll me a D10. Five. All right. Crap. You know you have seen 
these two stone, like a stone like these two, like the, the way they're inset on the dashboard, like the thing around them, you know you've seen them, and you can tell that this is exactly what you were getting spooky energy off of, are these two stones. Alright. Are they, are they like attached in there? Or? Yeah, like they are like kind of mounted into the dashboard. We never did find out why he stole this thing in the first place, and this, that's still bothering me. And those creepy rocks are still really creepy. Something's off about this still. You hear NK overcomes. Do you think that we should, like, uh, research it before we take it back? I yeah, think I, that, I, that would I have be a feeling really we should, good uh, decision. Yeah, I think we should take some time. I think I might. we might need some repairs anyway. <laughs> Well, you, you definitely need to clean it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone needs to clean it. Absolutely. All right. There is brain in my hair. <laughs> All right. So, where are you guys going? Are you driving back to the office then? Uh, I think I would like to drive back to... Um, well, yeah, we, we, yeah, sure, the office. Okay. So, after several episodes of combat, we finally get back to the Stormwood office. Um, the very damaged <laughs> Challenger and, uh, and Golf and the blood-splattered Mustang. You left with three cars, you came back with three cars, you know. Um, roll into the parking garage underneath the storm the building that the Stormwood office is in. It says we remember there's an underground parking garage. The first floor is occupied by some business and then the Stormwood office is on the second floor. Um eventually we'll establish what that build what that business on the first floor is. Um You guys pull into the parking garage. I like to think it changes every episode like Bob's Burgers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a different restaurant every week. All right. Um, so you guys pull into the the parking garage. Um, I'm gonna say that uh, Turk, Michelle, Juan, and Walker are going to part ways. NK and Michelle have kind of a moment. It's very sweet. But the uh, our, our car thieves pile into uncomfortably into the Challenger and drive away. You notice I never gave Juan a line because I don't want to come up with his voice. <laughs> He's been through a lot, to be He's been fair. through a lot. I don't feel like we really have the right to talk to him too much. <laughs> But they, they bid you thanks as you return to the office. Um, the office looks like the office. Uh, Mara is, again, still... Like, this is the middle of the night. Mara is still sitting at the front desk reading a vampire novel. Again, you don't know if she's moved. 
<laughs> she lives here. She, she doesn't have anywhere else to go. Maybe there's a 24-hour gym on the first floor. Maybe she's showering there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say there's a gym. I'm just making that canon right now. There's a 24-hour gym on the first floor of this building. Sounds great. Yeah. That'll come up in some episode down the road. Trust me. Um, <laughs> no, I believe you. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Chekhov's Gym. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I am all about inserting a small detail and having it pay off later. <laughs> That's how I built everything. All right, so, Bill? Yeah. You are back at the office. You know you have seen these stones somewhere. You know you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually kind of bothering me a lot. Especially since, again, we don't know why they took this stupid thing. Yeah. Are you going to start researching? Yes. All right, so I'm going to say you and NK are going to go start researching because you both have the skill. Um, I'm not, Obviously, there's nothing to roll for. This is to give me five minutes. There's a nice montage of you going through arcane texts, NK going through websites. In front of the microfiche. No, 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 no. He's got a pile of old books that you're not <laughs> sure where they get stored because, again, there's a lot of glass in this office, but he's got a bunch of old mystical texts that he's pulling out. One of them he's starts bad. shaking violently and he has to slap his hand down on it to keep it on the table. Um, I, I never thought of if Bill actually knows how to use microfiche. I, the player, Nigazumi, do know how to use microfiche. <laughs> All right, so, but after a while, you come across a um, a picture of, of exactly this, of a red ruby stone set in kind of uh, a gold, um, how do I want to say, like a mounting? Uh, it's like very, very similar, and it is, what it is called is a soul stone. Okay. That a person's soul can be stored in one of these. Oh, that's creepy. I don't like that. And they have more than one purpose. Alright. One. Lay it on me, creepy book. Alright. One purpose of a soul stone is that you can take your soul out of yourself and store it external to your body. So that if something happens to your physical body, you continue to live. But okay. if something That's happens, terrifying. but if the stone is destroyed, you die. Right. Another. Okay. Another use is that a soul can be summoned from the ether. A raw soul that has never inhabited a person can be summoned and attached to someone else's body and take over it. Okay, both of these uses are pretty messed up. Good to know. Roll me a d10. Nine. You you know where you've seen one of these before. Kel used to wear one. Oh. 
Oh boy. Oh boy. And you know when you last saw it? Down the gullet of a worm. Can I have a refresher? Because I know I in the town I'm remembering of Phoebe, from previous. Yeah, I remember in the town of Phoebe, the story arc. Your brother took Kel's pendant and fed it to a worm. Ah, crap baskets. Oh boy. Frickin' boy. See, like, I'm torn because I feel like that would be a good uh, cliffhanger, but I do actually want to tell everyone Yeah, you need I to found. tell people, and also you guys still have the car. You haven't returned to the car yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, well, who wants the good news and who wants the bad news? I'm just messing with you. There isn't any good news. So, I know what the creepy rocks are. What? It's a soul stone. It's a magic thingy that has one of two horrifying usages. Either one someone of an appropriate magical level could store their soul inside of it even if their body is gone although if the rock is destroyed then the soul is destroyed too and the other option is that you could pull a brand new unused squeaky clean or squeaky terrifying soul out of the ether and put it into the rock and i think the reason why i didn't remember what it was is because the last time i saw one uh, my brother pulled it off cal and threw it into a worm shortly before my brother was Killed by said worms. What the fuck? It's been a really rough year. What the fuck? So, 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 okay, 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 okay. So you're telling me that in the Mustang downstairs, uh -huh. there, it, it's entirely possible that two people's souls, because there are two of those stones in the car, are stored in the car. Yes. And that Kel was walking around with one of these things around his neck? Horrifyingly, yes. And from what I recall, there it's the only thing he had of his parents? You are co recalling correctly. I, it, yeah. NK can't confirm that, but... That's you, upsetting. Uh, with all due respect, boss, what was your best friend-slash-surrogate brother doing with something like that? 
I'll tell you, Raz, you have no idea. It's just something he always had. I have no idea. It's just something he's always had. This is not small potatoes magic material. This is this is very, very like above federal magic commission grade material we're talking about. Should have never taken him to that mansion. Well, I mean, the rock was already gone before that but skullduggery, if, but... But if, his par- but if his true parents are members, were members... Oh. Okay, so, so someone could either put their soul in one of these, or you said a soul could be summoned out of the ether? Correct. Yep. It's... Plopped out of the ether. So, so either, so either, <laughs> Kel's soul or someone Kel, Kel's family is in this stone that we left in a town in the mountains. Uh huh. In a worm stomach. Or. Okay. There, there's a level of obfuscation that needs to be acknowledged here. I mean, the worms died, but it... I mean, if it if it's his soul in it, then it still has to be intact, right? Because he was still Kel. Like, he didn't yes. fall over dead. Yes. So... Oh boy. So 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 um maybe we should get it. The associates are going to Phoebe. Oh, oh no. But we should also probably return the car, right? Oh yeah. Big probably. I mean, it's in Can we make sure that it looks Newish, like I had the uh, interns clean it up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, so, so you said you set the interns down to, to clean the yeah. car. So pretty yeah. much, Amy, who was too. It's the middle of the night. What are you talking about? Give me, roll me a d10 to see if you actually found an intern. Seven. Okay, you found Amy. Amy happened to have been here doing paperwork, <laughs> and you sent her down with the spray hose. Okay. <laughs> I really need to just like hire Amy. <laughs> All right. She's definitely on the fast track. Oh. All right. So you guys are gonna are you gonna return it tonight or wait till the morning? Uh. Well. I mean, it might be good to return it in the dead of night when. Hopefully no one will notice. Well, I mean, we have to call ahead to, like, let us in the gate. Yeah. That's true. Wait till tomorrow. It can wait, yeah, sure. Alright, so... Oh boy, Phoebe. <laughs> Can't wait. 
All right, so the sun goes down. I mean, the sun goes to so the moon goes down and the sun comes up. Somebody's already left with a cup. Um, Amy comes up like half this kind of half drenched goth from having cleaned the car. Just as sun rises, I'm assuming everyone's just gonna stay at the office. It's been a night. Um, walks back up, slams a bucket and sponge down on. Uh, on uh, whose desk is she gonna slam that down on? <laughs> Appropriately, she slams it on Babbitt's desk. Thank you, Amy. You still have rain in your hair. Oh yes. She walks off. Thank you. <laughs> she see her walk back to the corner. God damn it, Brian! Ate all the coffee. <laughs> you see her going and putting her coat on. Go get coffee. Walks out. <laughs> we, we we should do something nice for her. Yeah. We we should definitely do something nice for her. We're gonna go return the car then. Seems like the best and only option. Babbitt, you wanna drive it while I take one of the rest of us in an SUV? Sounds like a plan. Cause my golf is shot to shit. Alright. So you guys are going to drive out? Are you going to call Marshall Figgins? Yep. Yep. All right. You call Marshall Figgins? Uh, hello? Hey, Marshall. Got some good news for you. Oh, oh really? Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we're going to be dropping off that, uh, that Mustang. No problem. Well, that's, 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 that's. It's wonderful to hear. I'll have the, I'll have the check ready when you get here for the rest of the payment. Great. We'll we'll see you very shortly. Click. You guys drive out there, uh, Babbitt. I will say, as as you're driving the Mustang, under the two gems, you see the names Prudence and Piper engraved. Right. <laughs> Start the car together. Hmm. As you get out to the house and the gate opens for you, Marshall Figgins comes out very excited. Oh, oh my God! I'm so glad they come back. My boss comes back tomorrow, and 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 if if this wasn't here, it would be it would be terrible. He always he always said that 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 he and he and his partner put put their heart and soul into this car, and I'm sure yeah. they did. No kidding. He he takes the car and, and puts it back in the garage. He he hands Raz the check. Thank you very much. I put it in my the inside pocket of my jacket. Zip right. that pocket up. As I'm assuming Babbitt climbs into the SUV with everybody else. NK kind of looks over to Raz and says, So, 
Are we driving to Phoebe? <sighs> Put on my sunglasses. We're driving to Phoebe. All right. As you guys drive out of town, it's a, you know, it's a half hour drive out of town once you leave town. Whatever, whatever length of distance it was, and we did that whole nice big arc. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys drive through the mountains, and uh, all right. So, do we want to? So, I know that he fed it to the worm downtown, but we killed all the worms up by that house, right? By that estate. Yeah, thought we did anyway. Yeah. So we go there. That's probably our best lead. Well, the good news is that the drive so far is uneventful. As you make your way through the mountains, you drive through town, which is thankfully normal and full of people and in no way creepy. It's just back to day-to-day life in this mining town, minus a few buildings. You drive out to where the Wilson Estate used to be. And it is this desolate, flattened plain. There's no sign of any life here. It's just barren. Nice. You step out into the SUV, a little bit of dirt blows through the air. Bill is clearly not looking well. Bill, are you going to detect spooky? Oh. You need to, like right now, you've got a giant brown field. I mean... Yeah, it is the place where my, your brother died. And... My character is not focusing right now, so... So, Bill? If the team Bill? would like that. Bill? What? I, what? Bill? Yeah. Yeah. We need to... That's me. You, you, you're the only one who can look for this. We need oh. you to focus. Are you okay? I'll be fine. I think. Probably. Not really. Is... Alright, let's try this. All right, you're going to detect spooky? Going to try detecting spooky. All right, roll me a d10. 10. All right, you know exactly where it is. You can feel it like a ping. It like it's in the mi- like it's in the middle of this field. You can you know that it 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 you killed these worms in the center of the imaginary forest which was in the middle of the property where the house used to stand. You can feel it. It is there. Like almost like a ringing in your head. Bill immediately starts wandering in the direction. You wander across the barren field. The wind picks up some dust. Blows gently. It's getting in your hair. It's the wind is growing stronger, but it's just the, the mount the wind coming down the mountains. 
as you approach the center of this field, you feel something. This is strong. This is an intense. It's obviously not as intense as the car was because it had two of those stones in it, but this is a... If your character had been higher level, you would have been feeling this the whole time. But it was thankfully gone before you leveled up and gained this ability. Um, <laughs> you stand in the middle of the field, and before you, you know that under the dirt, the stone is there. Starts digging. Doesn't explain. Just starts digging. Bill crouches down and starts digging with his hand. The dirt is dry, but loose. Eventually, after a few minutes, only maybe six inches down, not far down at all, is a ruby pendant in a gold setting that you've seen many times before. There we are. Okie dokie. Is there anything else written on it or anything? No. But it is undeniably a soul stone. Alright, buddy. Found your rock. Now we just need to figure out where you are. My name is Trey Dorn, and I was your Game Master for this session. Joining me, as always, was Kyle Johnson as Babbitt, Nick Izumi as Bill, and Gen Proc as Raz Stormwood. Stormwood and Associates is a production of Nerd and Tie. You can find more information at nerdandtie.com slash stormwood. You can also find us on social media at Nerd and Tie on Twitter, nerdandtie.tumblr.com, and facebook.com slash nerdandtie. This podcast can be subscribed to on anywhere that major podcasts are found, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and uh, quite a few other places, and anywhere that takes an RSS feed as well. To be continued. Hey, while you're still here, let me tell you about another podcast on the Nerd and Tie Network, and that's Let's Be Legendary. Let's Be Legendary, the Fey Wild West, is a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons actual play game. So, an actual play game like this one, but like, you know, in a system people actually use in the real world. Set in a homebrew Wild West steampunk world, uh, the Fey Wild West follows two people discovering what it means to be in a relationship, all the while seeking revenge and learning the truth of their pasts. Let's Be Legendary podcast is an LGBTQ plus podcast with both main and minor characters as well as players falling under the queer blanket. A heavy RP game with a focus on story and characters. And you can hear it every week here on the Nerd and Tie Network. And you can find all of their subscription information and links at nerdandtie.com slash legendary. <laughs>